Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to episode 23 of Extreme Paranormal. And today, we're going to jump on the X train and head down to the Big Easy, New Orleans, Louisiana. And we're going to be going over the, if I mispronounce this, forgive me, the La Petite Theatre du Vaucary. We're going to be talking about the history of it, the ghosts there, some activity there. Now, put this up on Twitter. Uh, I think about a week or two ago and, you know, doing some stuff about some haunted theaters. Why theaters, you ask? Well, that's an easy question to answer. Uh, you know, during like... Junior high school, high school, I, you know, I was, you know, more into the drama club and doing the acting and doing, you know, plays and stuff like that. And I've always kind of been drawn to the acting portion of it and the performing arts. I find it to be very interesting, very fun. It's, you can take your person you know, who you are and get to be, you can play a character. And for that hour and a half, two hours that you're doing the play, you become that character. So it's, and that's probably, you know, why people get into acting to begin with is because they want to, they want the outlet. They want to be somebody else for that time period. And that's wonderful. It's also, you know, some people say it can be very therapeutic, it's fun, it's exciting. Uh, now, for me, myself, personally, yes, I have done some acting um, outside of plays, uh, you know. Um, I've done some church plays. I've done stuff in high school and... I was going to end up doing some stuff when I was in college, which sadly never really took off. Life kind of happened and never really got to do my theater stuff in college. Uh, took some bad advice on that one. Lesson learned. Um, but yeah, as a kid, I was involved and I was, you know, in a few different TV commercials. Uh, I actually was in a movie back in 91, 90, 91, 92, somewhere around there. Um, if you guys have ever heard of a movie called Digstown, uh, it has Louis Gossett Jr., um, some other big-name people, and I can't remember their names right off the top of my head. You know, I did a couple scenes in there. Unfortunately, it... You know, hit the cutting room floor, and my scenes were, were, were booted. But the fact that I got to actually be in a movie, um, you know, I think one scene that I was actually an extra in made it into the movie. But my direct, it was like two or three scenes that I was in directly, hit the cutting room floor, never made it on the big screen. It was an extra in one scene. I, I believe that's actually in there. 
But, you know, enough about the mic. Let's hit New Orleans. <clears throat> the Big Easy. Um, you know, the La Petite Theater, I'm just going to go with that, is it was founded in 1916, and it was a small professional theater group um, that actually started this. It was amateur actors. And it's, you know, small. It started in the French Quarter. I believe it's still there. I haven't found anything that said that it's not there. <clears throat> and, you know, when a group of amateur actors and theater lovers, you know, they were putting on plays in the drawing room of one of the members. So the building was already there. Now, the drawing room, I'm guessing that might have been like a gambling room or maybe something for local artists to go in there. And they were doing plays in little things in there. I mean, this is 1916. So that's cool, you know. Um, you know, when the audiences of the drawing room players... So, you know, it's drawing room players, make poker room, gambling. It's 1916. You know, we all know what was going on back then. We probably don't because none of us were alive then, but we can speculate. Let's, you know, probably a poker room. And the founders of the building decided to rent the space on the second floor of 503 St. Anne in the lower Pontalba buildings for $17.50 a month. So the owners of this apparently had another building connected to it. And there's the address, you know, 503 St. Anne. And they rented it to these actors, so I guess they could continue doing their plays, for $17.50 a month. Now, in 1916, that was probably a healthy amount of money. Well, probably not healthy, but might have been a good chunk. I mean, like, I don't know. what They charge like 50 cents a head or a dollar a head to come in and check out your play. I did the math on it. Um, okay, Google did the math on it. I'll, I'll give Google credit on this one. It's 1750 $17.50 in 1916 would be about $528.19 today. So, quite a bit of jump. But still, that's some pretty cheap rent. Um, you know, this playhouse was formerly launched in 1922. So, let's see, you got 1966. Six years, and they made it you know, an official thing. And the theater bought the property for its present location. And it was rebuilt and redone. And the structure was a 1790s colonial-style building. And the building complex actually holds a professionally-equipped theater. And they've got a side building with all the dressing rooms, the makeup rooms, you know, stuff for production. Everything you're going to need for a theater play, it's, you know, the buildings are connected. 
So, now this theater is home to reported of numerous ghosts and spirits. I'm going to kind of say ghosts and spirits are basically the same. Some people may disagree. They may say they're two separate things. And that's fine, you know, either way. Uh, So, you know, it said about 40 different ghosts for sure. That's a lot. Uh, You know, you got 40 different spirits and ghosts roaming these halls and these theaters. Yeah, buddy, that's a lot. And there's possibly more, you know. It's New Orleans, you know. Like I'm going to try and keep doing is at the end of each episode, I'm going to throw in my theories. And I want more theories added, you know, via the socials. But we'll go at that at the end. So we've got 40 or possibly more ghosts and spirits in this building. Now, witnesses say that they have felt icy cold areas. Um, you know, you're going to get your cold spots here and there in parts of the building. Well, that's normal. So, you know, where you have a ghost, you're going to have, you know, where you have a haunting. You're going to have your cold spots, your icy spots, your temperature drops. Um, EMF is going to go off. You know, EVPs can be captured. That's all normal. That's nothing new. You know, as we're learning about this and this is consistent learning. Uh, People that have taken pictures have seen strange optical phenomena such as orbs, shadows, and silhouettes of people. So, shadow figures. You know, look at the timeline, you know, that this was done in 1916. I didn't get an, an, an exact date on when the building was actually officially built, and that's okay. It says Union soldiers have been seen and heard talking, and they're talking about strategies. Well, that would be normal because this happened post-Civil War. And you're going to have, you know, your Confederate side, your Union side. You know, whichever side you you pick is fine. But I can see, you know, it, it was open land. It's You're strategizing. You're making plans. You're mapping. You're talking to your superiors, you know, the upper brass. And... Maybe they died there. It was, you know, whatever happened in that location in New Orleans happened. You know, they just adjust to, okay, well, there's a building here now, so cool. Maybe we can, you know, use this table or use this desk for laying out our maps and... You know, making our strategies because they're stuck in that time where they don't know anymore. 
So along with Union soldiers being seen there, uh, there's a mirror that is placed there that said um, a Union soldier can be seen actually in the mirror adjusting his uniform. And apparently making it look, you know, all prim and proper. Make sure it's, you know, pressed and starched. And you're looking top notch. Now, for me, having, you know, been in the military, you know, I was in the army. Oh, yeah, you want your uniforms just crisp. You want these things just, oh, you want the creases just, you know, they say razor sharp, you know, it's, it's a figure of speech, but you I mean you want your stuff just looking sharp. You want things just oh yeah, you know. Um, now there's one report. It's it says an angry nun has been seen. You know, okay, an angry nun. That's you know, me being Catholic, I've never seen a nun get angry. But nuns are people. They're human. You know, they have normal emotions. Just because they choose, you know, a walk of life, things are going to, you know, get under their skin. They're going to get irritated at times. And this angry nun has been mistaken for a cast member when the play and the cast was doing Saturday Night Catechism. So if you're maybe... Speculation on this one, you have a nun. She's very devout. And she's seen people do a play, Saturday Night Catechism. Maybe that's going to, you know, rub her the wrong way, you know. And people have confused her for actually being a cast member in the play. And when her scene is over, apparently, she disappears. Like, gone. Have a nice day. So, you know, is she that devout of a nun that she's going to, you know, get a little irked about people doing theater? You know, maybe back in those days that was a no-no. Or maybe she felt that it's a no-no for them to do that at this time. Uh, let's see. There is an ex-theater manager... Uh, who shot himself while sitting in the office lounge. You know, you he chose to take his own life for, you know, whatever reason. Maybe he was on the verge of getting fired. Maybe he was just unhappy with life. Maybe he didn't get, you know, the numbers on the books weren't, you know, up to par. You know, it. the report is there, you know. Maybe, you know, it says ex-theater manager. So maybe he got fired for whatever reason and went back as a, hey, I'm going to go, you know, take my own life in the office lounge. Kind of like, well, you're not getting rid of me now. <clears throat> that's a That's a very real possibility. Uh, it says, now, Caroline, she was an actress who died in the building. Uh, she fell off the catwalk 
Well, she was with a maintenance guy. Now, the reports I read on her is Caroline was involved, you know, whether it's dating, it was a fling, it was, she was involved with the maintenance guy. They're up on the catwalk, you know, doing their thing, and they're having relations, so to speak, (laughs) and... It's not certain if it was murder, if it was an accident. It was, you know, Caroline and the maintenance guy, they're up there, they're having, you know, their adult relationship time. And she fell. Now, it says her nude body was discovered tangled in wiring and curtains were covering her body. And due to the fall, her neck was broken. So, and the maintenance guy left town, left the theater, quit his job, skipped town. He's gone, man. He's nowhere to be found at this point. It was speculated that it's possibly he murder on on his part. Um... You know, I didn't get an exact timeline, but, you know, it when she died, I think it was in the 60s or 70s, we didn't really have, we didn't have CSIs. We didn't have, you know, crime scene techs. It was, okay, well, she's up with a maintenance guy. They, you know, enjoyed each other's company. She fell, the fall broke her neck. She's, you know, nude. Thank God the curtains were covering her body. At least she died with some dignity. And maintenance guy just disappeared, quit his job and left town in a a big hurry. That's going to look a bit suspicious. Like, I don't care who you are. I don't care what, what decade we're living in. That's going to be mighty suspicious for, well, anybody. You know, not a good thing for the maintenance guy. You know, was it murder? Was it an accident? Maybe he got scared and bolted. Maybe he did that. You know. Either way, so we're going to move on. Uh, There is... A report, uh, now this is outside of the theater. We're going to go outside the theater here for a hot minute. It says there's a black servant is seen outside and possibly waiting for their master. Now, I'm going to, you know, sidetrack on this for a second. Um, We all know what happened you know, it was the South. It was that was what was going on. Those are the reports. You know, I, you you can't sugarcoat history. Um, but apparently, servants were had to accompany their owner, their master, whatever. I can't find a better word for it. 
So, you know, um, to the theater, and they were told, you have to wait outside while I go in and enjoy the theater. You know, and it says that their master or owner probably died inside the theater, which they could be one of the 40-plus people, ghosts still in there. And if you have your person waiting for you, which was the custom, you know, it's they're still waiting. And that was the custom. You waited outside, you know. Now we have Louis Moreau. He was a musician and played the piano. And a piano can actually be heard within the halls of the theater. And they say possibly Louis Moreau because he was a piano player and the piano can be heard being played. That's awesome. Like, you know, you're a piano man. I mean, you know, you know, I'm not going to say that he was no Elton John or Billy Joel, but he loved what he did. He's a musician. He played the piano. He's piano man. You know, Billy Joel, if you're listening, I'm not taking that away from you. But, you know, we got Lewis here. He's still, his music is still being heard. He's still rocking that that piano. So, now, you know, that's the reports I have on this. So now, let's go into a little bit of theory on things. You know, you have a haunted theater, okay? You take... Okay, uh, let's break this down. You have a theater. Now, it doesn't matter if it's in... You know, Los Angeles, Seattle, Minneapolis, New Orleans, New York. Um, It could be a local theater group. You know, pick any city in the country, in the world, rather. You have people going in and they're actors. You have your directors. You have your stagehands. You have... Your maintenance people. You have your your playwrights. You know, the people writing the play. And that's amazing. But when you take somebody who is writing the play, writing the script, they're creating something. So they're pouring emotion. You know. Now, if it's you know, two or three people or a group of people writing the script and the play, you're getting human emotion being put pen to paper. Then you're taking a building. You're taking people who are your actors, your actresses, your director, you know, the production manager. You're you're transforming... You know, Joe, Jane, Steve, you know, whoever. And they're bringing these characters from paper. They're bringing them to life. 
So now you're adding more emotion and more good stuff. You know, if you have a, if you're doing a comedy, you're bringing comedy. If there's drama, you're bringing drama to it. You become that character for that time. Now, some plays, they run, what, a week, two weeks? You know, if you go to New York, Broadway, you're running, what, like a month at a time or something like that? Um, so you're still bringing all that out. You're putting that emotion. You have a lot of emotion with all the actors, not to mention the production team, because you've got the producer, you've got the stagehands. They're putting blood, sweat, and tears into making sure that all your stage props are squared away. They're in the right spot. <clears throat> your lighting guy or girl, you know, your lighting person, you know, part of the, the stage production. They have to make sure that all the lights hit are, number one, working. All the electricity is working. The lights are set up properly. Then you have the sound person. They got to make sure all the sound is right. There is so much. And, well, people are on stage. You've got these people... You know, and these guys are honed in, like, you know, they've got it down to a science, like, okay, I got this. But they're seeing this emotion every night to where I'm going to speculate and say that they've got some emotion of their own going on. Why wouldn't you? Absolutely. The production team. The The writers. They're seeing their creation from pen to paper to rehearsal to everything. It's it's a process. Like I've done like I said, I've done plays, you know, school, church, whatever, but they've been minimal compared to this. Now you take a place like New Orleans, which your take on it is, you know, it is what it is. It's labeled as one of the most, it's either the most haunted city in the world or the most haunted city in the United States. I, I can't remember which. But either way, it's, you have a lot that's taken place down there, you know. It's, it's a haunted city. Now you add haunted city with theater, emotions, and the audience is going to leave emotions. Whether it's happy, it's sad, it's, oh my God, that was amazing. That was just completely awesome. That was, that was totally boss. You know, and people can identify with characters. People do it with Hollywood movies. You know, it's, it's just the way it is. Like, and where you have emotion, you have death, you have all kinds of stuff going on, you're going to have a haunting. That's why, for me, theaters, 
I'm a theater nerd. I love that stuff. You know, I've, you know, played music. I've, you know, I've performed live in front of people. It's, it does take a lot out of you, but it's also very rewarding at the same time. So, you know, theaters and performing, acting, writing. Oh, what an amazing experience. It's no wonder that theaters are haunted. So, if you guys, like I said, have any more, you know, thoughts, notes, questions, comments, concerns, anything, please let me know. Feel free. Uh, like I said, I, you know, still looking for some listener episodes. Let me know. You know, hey, I live in a haunted house. Let's, you know, I took a car ride and I saw something. I saw a UFO, like anything paranormal. Let me know. And I'll, you know, I want to get a, at least about three to four in and I'll do an episode and it will be dedicated to the people that did that. That's what I'm, that's what I'm shooting for. Um, now for my socials, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up with the socials. Extreme13podcast.blogspot.com If you're on Instagram, Extreme13paranormal. Twitter, Extreme13 at Extreme13podcast. And Extreme13podcast at gmail.com And remember, Extreme is no E on the front. It's just X-T-R-E-M-E. And the number 13, it's, that's all I have for today, and I hope you guys enjoyed La Petite Theatre du Vaux Carey in New Orleans. And I will see you guys again in two weeks, and I'll be updating my socials and more than likely updating my blog, you know, as time progresses. I'll see you guys in two weeks. Have a great week. Bye-bye.